Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 45, letting it flow. Extreme perfection seems imperfect. Its function is not exhausted. Extreme fullness appears empty. Its function is not exercised. Extreme straightness appears crooked. Great skill, clumsy. Great eloquence, stammering. Motion conquers cold. Quietude conquers heat. Not greatness, but purity and clearness are the world's standard. That's verse 45 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Dwight Goddard. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and will take each part one idea at a time. Part 1 talks about parts of the whole through a human perspective, and Part 2 talks about the keys to the universe and beyond. So I feel like Part 1, when we're talking about parts of the whole through a human perspective, we're talking about that extreme perfection seeming imperfect, extreme fullness appearing empty, and the rest of them. So did you ever notice when somebody's an expert at something, they actually make it look easy? I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. So from our perspective, from the human perspective, we're looking at the perfection of the Tao, and it seems like it's imperfect sometimes. Only a little later, when we kind of look back on that with that that 2020 hindsight, we find that, huh, everything actually occurred the way that it needed to at the time. <laughs> so um, that's what I feel like part one is kind of addressing there. And so part two is talking about the keys to the universe and beyond. Um, 
I, and I feel like, okay, so we're talking about motion conquering cold, quietude conquering heat, like being still whenever you're hot and you know, you balance back out. And if you're cold, then you kind of move around a little bit and you warm up a little bit. Right. Um, so that kind of ties into the last line. So it's not greatness, like being great or like, it's not, it's not doing the things that make the world available that make the universe and the gifts of the Tao available. It's actually purity and clearness, according to the last line of this translation. And those things are things that we accomplish when we are still, when we're not doing anything. So another application of Wu Wei. <laughs> so beautiful. Okay, so to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 45 has two parts to it. Part one talks about parts of the whole or parts of the Tao, but, you know, through our human experience. And it might look imperfect, but we realize later that that it actually is occurring in the way that it needs to. And part two talks about the keys to the universe and beyond, basically saying, well, look, if you if you want to tap into the Tao, don't concentrate on things that you think are great, like like big effort, big energy, all that kind of stuff. Allow it to be, allow it to flow, and you can tap into the gifts of the Tao. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 45 again. Extreme perfection seems imperfect. Its function is not exhausted. Extreme fullness appears empty. Its function is not exercised. Extreme straightness appears crooked. Great skill, clumsy. Great eloquence, stammering. Motion conquers cold. Quietude conquers heat. Not greatness, but purity and clearness are the world standard. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering letting it flow. There are two things. The first one is that the Tao provides. And the second one is letting it flow. The Tao provides. Growing up in rural southwestern Pennsylvania, I was in the woods often. I haven't been there in years, but I remember many things about it. I remember the broad green leaves that turned the air cooler and made a slightly different color of shade. I remember the soil and how it smelled so earthy. Sometimes it was black, sometimes it was clay, sometimes it was rocky. But it always had this nice full smell to it. And there were hills and ravines everywhere, and it was impossible to find a flat place that went on for any amount of time. We had robins, worms, little bugs. We had deer, turkeys, raccoons, skunks, squirrels, and the occasional mountain lion and bears. My travels have taken me to other landscapes since then. I think the most austere place I visited was the northern tip of the Sahara Desert in Tunisia. At first glance, there was nothing but sand to meet the horizon. But after a while, I started to notice things. Little things that popped up out of the sand. Little hills came up out of nowhere. And 
these little scrubby brushes that didn't seem like they could thrive there were there. <laughs> and then I looked closer and saw sand-colored spiders and other insects. And though it looked sparse from an outsider's perspective, I found that the desert too was teeming with life. Now, regardless of the landscape in which I found myself, I noticed that there was always some theme, some flavor of life that occupied it. Seemingly abundant or seemingly sparse, it didn't matter. There was an entire ecosystem in each place. There was perfection everywhere. In this verse, Lao Tzu talks about how things aren't as they seem. There's perfection and imperfection. There's abundance and scarcity. There are direct routes through curvy paths. I feel like taking a look at the desert landscape can help illustrate this for us. The desert I visited had everything it needed to be a desert. And life, uh, found a way. <laughs> Despite the most inhospitable conditions, it seems nature could hurl at it. So how is there perfection through imperfection in our lives? Isn't everything that we need there as well? Not only to survive, but to thrive. In our own lives, our own circumstances, we have our little emotional ecosystems, our little interpersonal networks and our lifestyles all around us, don't we? We don't really need to do anything, nor do we need to look very hard to see that we're supported pretty much no matter what. Of course, we have the power to change our personal ecosystems. We have the power to be dissatisfied with them. And we have the power to become content with them as well. Everything is provided for us to do so. Could the desert change itself to a verdant, lush rainforest? I think so. Given time and momentum gained from small, microscopic changes that could occur over time. But would it be necessary? That's my question. So let's look at that perfect desert of our lives now, through the lens of Lao Tzu. How many seemingly imperfect things do we have in our lives? Are our relationships flawed? What was the last argument you had with somebody? After dealing with it and getting past it, wasn't there a bonding moment when you felt a little closer to that person? <laughs> Have you ever had nothing to do and became bored, only to realize a little later that once you stopped and allowed your boredom to be there, a really great idea of what to do eventually made it into your mind? Didn't abundance come from that which seemed meager at the time? I'll bet you have experienced synchronicity before. You were thinking about something or set an intention for it, then saw related clues in random places, or a person you had been thinking about popped up in your life. Or you had thought about a desired situation only to find yourself in the middle of that situation later. And the kicker about synchronicity is it takes so little effort to put in motion and observe. Mere thoughts get that ball rolling. The most interesting part about it for me is how what I experience seems to take a most circuitous route, never arriving directly in my line of sight. <laughs> so we can observe the third line in this verse. The direct path can seem twisty. <laughs> 
What about things you don't think you can do well when compared to others? This can be weakness in hand-eye coordination, math, exercise, habits, anything you're not naturally good at. And to overcome this, don't you have to work harder at it, practicing, refining, getting incrementally better at it? And when you've mastered it, have you realized that you've been able to do a deep dive into an area that most people don't need to? I'll bet once you master the thing, you know way more about it than anyone else. What appeared clumsy at first has turned into a great skill. Have you ever listened to someone that didn't speak fluently in your language for whatever reason? It could be a speech impediment, a foreigner, a child maybe. If you really listen to them, don't you hear words and meaning behind it? Despite its rough auditory exterior, there's a message, and sometimes it's a profound one. Nothing is what it seems on the outside. The desert is actually full of life, despite what our first glances would tell us. We are not our immediate perceptions. If we but look past those things and cultivate a connection with the Tao, we can find all we ever need through it. The Tao provides. It may seem imperfect. It may seem meager, twisty, clumsy, or incompetent. But beyond those superficial observations that we make, if we take some time to get still and observe, we'll find that it's all as it should be and unfolds exactly on time. Every time. Letting it flow. Like a river, our experience of the now flows. It flows constantly and without effort. In fact, it's more than our experience or even our perceptions of our experience. It's the Tao. The Tao flows effortlessly, and it does so in our lives. So, what if we embrace that flow? I feel like the pivotal line in this verse, at least for me, is the one where Lao Tzu says, Extreme straightness appears crooked. What does this mean? Well, to me, it means that regardless of how or where the river of the Tao flows, it touches everything, everywhere, all the time. And for me, in this moment, this line kind of sums up the greatest experience I've had with the Tao so far in my life. As a high schooler that was just introduced to the Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff, I somehow internalized this thought and it stuck with me through the next 20-some years. And last year, when I was ready to receive the wisdom of the Tao again after all that time away, I had this feeling of peace that kept me coming back to the Tao Te Ching over and over. And now, talking about this verse and this specific line, I'm feeling that peace once again, only this time with a little life experience under my belt. And I cherish it even more. During life, during the times when we find ourselves growing into adulthood and resisting the environment in which we find ourselves, wishing for better things for ourselves and for our families, wishing we had a certain social status, we're unwillingly trying to make the river of the Tao straight. 
It seems that a straight line is the shortest distance between two points, at least in basic geometry. Okay, so that's basic geometry, but not our experience of the Tao. I never really learned to not apply some things I learned in academia to life until I started studying the Tao. I mean, I still knew that life could follow a circuitous route, but somehow I wasn't okay with it. I was under the impression that life was something that I made, that it was responsible for crafting. And while my thoughts along these lines are now similar, the method with which I employ them is quite different. Before, I thought that I had to be the progenitor of everything I wanted in my life, that I had to be self-made, that I had to make things happen, that I had to protect my significant other, that I had to be who I wanted to be, and that I needed to carve out my place in the universe and say, look, here I am. <laughs> and, then, and then, after 20 years of doing this, I discovered the notion that perhaps, just maybe, this wasn't true. It came as an inkling first, like an unwanted thought leaked into my brain somehow that I didn't get to choose any of it. And that was unpleasant for me, you know? Like, I thought that maybe I'd been wrong about that idea. I fought it. I did. For what seemed like a long time, I fought this idea, and after being bruised, bloodied, and beaten by life on my terms, I, in a moment of seeming weakness, said, oh, I give up. And that moment is when everything changed. In that moment, I realized that I had been in the Dow's River, paddling upstream. The fact was that no one cared if I paddled upstream. The Tao certainly didn't. It was doing its thing, flowing effortlessly in the other direction. When I gave up, I stopped paddling. I put the oar in the boat, and slowly, by letting the Tao enter my life, I started flowing in the river's direction. Now, in that aftermath, I felt how tired my arms had become and I realized how tense everything was from trying to keep everything in line and in order. My muscles hurt for a while. Then, there were times where I thought that I wasn't in enough control so I would pick up the oar and try to paddle upstream again. <laughs> but eventually the boat straightened out and I began to learn how to steer my life's boat in the direction of the Tao. I was afraid of hitting rocks, waterfalls, rapids, whatever, which is why I tried to control things again. I was afraid of losing money, of not getting the right opportunities, of never finding the relationships I wanted. And instead of trusting the Tao to carry me ever forward, always in motion, I would stop and try to control those outcomes. And the result? I would get tired much faster after each try and end up giving again only to find that things were okay. The Tao flows. Our lives flow. I recall times when things didn't go right, but upon further inspection, realized that things didn't go right because I was the one who was judging what was to go right or wrong. Looking back on my life, there has never been a time when I haven't been okay. There were plenty of times when I thought things weren't okay. Now, looking back is easy when I'm willing. Looking back means doing a little contemplation, a little journaling, a little reflecting. 
What's more difficult, in my opinion, is trusting the Tao to flow in the now. And I think this is what others may call faith. (laughs) Personally, I have a slew of experiences that tell me trusting the Tao delivers me safely down the stream of life. For me, I've found the trick to be taking a situation that I think is wrong, unpleasant, uncomfortable, that sort of thing, while it is happening. Usually, I'd be inclined to bend the situation to my advantage, or I'd worry about its consequences, or try to control its outcome. But now, I try to recognize the seemingly undesirable state and become willing to see what the lesson is. I ask myself in the Tao, what is the learning opportunity here? Sometimes the answer comes before the learning takes place, and sometimes it comes after the situation has passed. But I always discover to my delight that if I have been open and willing to learn, there's always something of unsurpassed beauty to which I have been witness. The natural, flowing, divine unfolding of the Tao. Let's summarize. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering letting it flow, I thought about two things. Number one, I thought about the Tao provides. And number two, I thought about letting it flow. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of letting it flow in this verse today. So just how can one, quote, go with the flow with everything in life? Isn't this a practice for the super enlightened, the unbothered, the imperturbable? Isn't this a superpower? Well, yes, but actually no. (laughs) It's a superpower for sure, but one that is available to everyone with a little practice, in my opinion. In my experience, I have found that the following six steps help me allow the Tao to flow in my life. First, I become aware of the times when it seems that I'm struggling with a person, place, or situation. Second, I become aware of my inner resistance to it. Third, I dissolve my resistance. Fourth, I allow the person, place, or situation to be as it is. I participate in it as best I can if I need to be in it. Fifth, I reflect on the experience later and ask the Tao to show me the lesson or lessons that were embedded in it. And finally, I express my gratitude by appreciating the experience. The cool thing about this process is that you can use it in the present, or you can go back to something with which you've struggled in the past. It's a really useful process to clear away some of the negative stuff we hold on to, so that we can receive the Tao's gifts. The gifts are always there. We just need to look in the right direction. So, would you like to practice this with me right now? If so, I should tell you that if you have experienced an event that was traumatizing, you should not listen to the rest of this episode. You should explore and heal from this trauma with a trained professional. I am not a therapist or a professional of any kind. I am just a human, doing the best I can to share my experiences and what's worked with me. So, let's take a deep breath or two and get comfortable for a moment. 
Let's also ask the Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Think about the last day, week, or month. What was the last thing you struggled with? When can you remember feeling that something was unpleasant to deal with? Something that needed to be over? Something that you felt wasn't in your path or interrupted your flow? It could be anything. Who was involved? Family? Friends? The world, maybe? Work? What was the struggle about? Okay, now we're becoming aware of it. We've taken the first step. Let's examine our inner feeling of resistance to it now. Was there a part of us that felt we didn't deserve to be subjected to this struggle? Was there a part of us that couldn't wait to get past it? Did it feel like you were stuck? This is typically how inner resistance feels. Now, let's dissolve this resistance by asking ourselves a few questions. I should mention that these next five questions are a part of something called the Sedona Method. Okay, first question. Could I allow this feeling of resistance to be here? Would I be willing to welcome this feeling of resistance? Would I be willing to let go of this feeling of resistance? If the answer is no, ask yourself, would I rather have this feeling of resistance or would I rather be free? My last question, when would I be willing to let go? Gently ask yourself these questions until you feel your resistance to that situation dropping away. It's okay if you still have feelings of hurt and anger. The only thing we're doing is dissolving our resistance to it. Okay, now let's remember the situation again, only this time absent resistance to it. And ask yourself, can I allow the situation to be what it was or is? Did this struggle need my permission to occur? Or was it there of its own accord? At this point, it's important to realize that you were merely there for it. It's okay for you to have felt powerless over the struggle. With your resistance gone, try your best to remember to allow the struggle to have occurred. Next, let's pause and consider the struggle objectively. Were there any lessons that you learned from it? Were there unexpected gems of experience that only you could perceive? Was there anything good that came out of it? This can be later or at the time the struggle occurred. Yeah. We're seeing that no matter what it was, there's always a mixed bag of seemingly positive and negative in any situations. Now let's take another deep breath. And let's feel our appreciation for what we learned.
Let's remember that what we learned was a gift from the Tao. Always there, always on, waiting for you to discover it. This is a feeling of gratitude, appreciation for the moment. Thank you for letting me share this with you. These are just some personal techniques that I've developed for myself. And I've found that I can apply them when I want to review something that happened in my life, or I can apply them to the present when I become aware that I am struggling with something. I've found that in either case, when I can drop my resistance and allow the struggle to be, there are always things to learn. They might be small and cool, or they might be momentous and game-changing. I might even be able to pass on to others what I've learned and help them on their journeys as they practice letting it flow. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and humility. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 45 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Dwight Goddard. Extreme perfection seems imperfect. Its function is not exhausted. Extreme fullness appears empty. Its function is not exercised. Extreme straightness appears crooked. Great skill, clumsy. Great eloquence, stammering. Motion conquers cold. Quietude conquers heat. Not greatness, but purity and clearness are the world's standard. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.